You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. This evening, um, I, I want us to look at something that um, I believe is uh, necessary for the time that we're in, you know, to bring um, clarity. I believe God wants to give us clarity, give us understanding, and to strengthen, you know, the hands that are hanging down and the knees that are feeble. Praise the Lord. So, I know a lot of people will be wondering, you know, God didn't answer our prayers. How many of us have been thinking, what happened? This isn't what we, this is not what we ordered. Praise the Lord. This is not what Jumea was supposed to bring for us. This is not what I, we ordered from Conga. Praise the Lord. First stage of it is that we have to thank God that Bubu has gone. Praise the Lord. That, that man left. Hallelujah! It's a major, major testimony for every Nigerian. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Having said that, that's not where we wanted it to start. We wanted him to go and, you know, the particular one that we wanted to happen. So, when it's as though God, you know, didn't answer the prayers of his children, if you don't have insight, if you don't get understanding, we looked at that partially on Sunday when we talked about the psalmist who said he almost would have fainted, he almost would have given up, he almost, you know, sinned with his mouth until he went into the sanctuary. And understood. So it's important that we go into the word of God and understand what is happening. Praise the Lord. For our own benefit and for the benefit of others. Okay? So number one, we're talking about when it's as though God didn't answer the prayers of his children. Because God does not hear the prayers of the wicked. It's the prayers of the righteous that we're talking about. Praise the Lord. Okay? So the Bible makes us understand 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. It says... This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And 15 says, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. The Berean Study Bible will say in this particular one, it says that we know that we have possessed what we have asked. Okay? So this is what the Bible says. Okay? So, we have asked, and we know that what we ask, I believe what we ask is God's way. We want righteousness, isn't it? We want, you know, capacity, we want character, we want all of that. What is going on now? Okay? We are going to see as we go into the scriptures to see and understand where we are and what we are to be doing. Amen? So, the Bible tells us, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, 17, it tells us that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for what? Doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. 17. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for what? Every good work. So, all scripture is our equipment. So, in moments like this, what should we do? We should go into scripture. It's not a time, you know, to gist about it. No, it's a time we ask the Lord, what is your word? What is in the constitution of our faith? The Bible, just like the lawyers that are in the court and the judges, everything they're doing is to be guided 
by the constitution of Nigeria, isn't it? Now, in the same way now for us as believers, everything also we are doing must be guided by the constitution of our faith, which is the word of God. Praise God. So, what does the Bible say? What are the records we have in the Bible? What are the references? What are the case references that they have, that we have, that we can look to, to understand what is going on at this stage? Before we do that, let's also read Romans 15 verse 4 as a background. It tells us something that is very important. It makes us understand that the things which were written before, why were they written? They were written for our learning. So what was written in the word of God was written so that you will learn it, that I will learn it, okay? So that what will happen? That we through, I can't hear you, so that we what? Through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now if you look at that scripture, you see something there. If you miss what is in the scripture, you will miss comfort. If you miss following the scriptures, you will lose patience. The things which we are written, we are written for our word, learning. If we don't learn it, we will be without comfort. If we don't learn it, we will be without hope. We will lose patience. So you hear some people say, I've given up. They have not learned. Are you with me? The things we are written so that when you learn them, you will not lose comfort. You will not lose patience. Somebody will not lose comfort in Jesus' name. Somebody will not lose patience in Jesus' name. No matter what is you see happening, when you see what is in the scriptures, it will give you comfort and it will give you patience. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 10, 11 also as a background, saying basically the same thing. It says, now all these things happen to them as what? Examples. And they were recorded, written for our admonition, for our training, for our information, for our equipment, upon whom the ends of the ages will come. Okay, 12. It says, therefore, let him who thinks he stands take it less before. Okay, that's all right. So let's go back to 11. It says, these things were recorded. It happened to them as examples. Then they were recorded for our admonition so that we can study it and see how to navigate. Praise the Lord. So we are here now. What are the things the Bible records for us that we can use, you know, to hold ourselves in this time and to get wisdom and direction? The first thing I want us to get, you know, from where we are now is this. Now, did I want things to be the way they are now? No. Did you want it to be the way they are? I know a few people might have wondered that. It's okay. They have the right to choose. But most Nigerians, I believe, didn't want it to be this way. Now, and most people who want righteousness, truth, basically, you know, this is not what we wanted because we know that every right process, every right doing was overthrown and wrongdoing is what we have now, isn't it? Now, when you see this like this and you are prayed and all of that, the first thing that you must admit is that it's humbling. Praise the Lord. It is humbling because, I mean, if I had all power, this won't happen. And up till the night of May 20th, it won't happen, it won't happen. But we saw it happen. So what do you do? You humble yourself. You're not God. Praise the Lord. No man is God. Praise the Lord. What did I say? No man is God. God is not a man and no man is God. The best we can do is to appeal to him and pray to him and call on him. But he remains God. He has the right to do as it you know, seems fit and as it seems right for the hour. 
So it's important to understand that. And the truth about it is this. I read somewhere. A man said that a success that makes you proud is to be disregarded more than a failure that makes you humble. You know why? In the journey of faith and in the journey with God, nothing will hinder your tomorrow like pride. In your journey with God, nothing will help your advancement like humility. Praise the Lord. So whatever humbles you, received with the right spirit and approached, you know, as a child of God, doesn't really hurt you. It might be uncomfortable for you, but it doesn't really hurt you because it will equip you more to be an instrument in God's hands. Paul the Apostle said to us, he said, abundance of revelations were given to me, but lest I be exalted above measure. He said, a messenger of Satan was given to do what? To buffet me. And when he besieged the Lord and said, take this away from me, take this away, what did the Lord say to him? He said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is what? Made perfect in your weaknesses. So God was saying to him, Paul, I know that you rather want to stand and boast that, you know, I have no issues, all of that. But let that issue be there so that it can keep you humble. Because in keeping you humble, my strength can work with you. What am I trying to say? God is working with his children in Nigeria even now. It might not seem like it, but God is working. There is a sifting going on. It started from the initial stage, you know, and that sifting is continuing because there is a separation. Many people say, I love God, I love God, I love the Lord, I love the Lord. But he's proven to them that they don't. Because we'll learn here that the Bible says, if you love the Lord, you must hate what? Iniquity. So a lot of people who say they love the Lord are justifying iniquity now. Are you with me? So it's humbling for us who didn't want it this way. Because we are realizing, ah, you know, we are not God and, you know, God hasn't done it exactly You know, we've said it here that several times you see men of God actually stand and portray themselves as though they and gods are mates. And Nigeria from COVID, Nigerians have started seeing that a lot of the things people tell you are statistics. You know, three big men will die. Somebody will go up and then will come down. Somebody will want to turn left and turn right. Hallelujah, hallelujah. They say, man, the man is speaking from statistics. When the major thing we needed to know came, nobody said anything. There'll be a lockdown. You won't leave your house for one month. How many said it? But you see, it shouldn't be a problem if everybody knows that you're not God. You're not God. I'm not God. We're not God. God is highly lifted up. Praise the Lord. He's exalted beyond measure. And we are his children. And it pleases him to walk by us to get us involved in what he's doing so as we walk with him and we see that we accurately and precisely downloaded his will we give him glory and we rejoice from time to time we realize ah we missed it here we missed it here or we didn't fully understand it then we humble ourselves and then we realize again that he is god we are not god and in that humility you position yourself for him to use you more is someone with me i'm laying the foundation we're going somewhere praise the lord so the Bible says of a man like, um, who do I want to use from scripture? So it's not that I'm telling you about Nigeria. We're talking about Bible this evening, Bible study. I want to tell you about the man Samuel. Samuel the Bible says in 1 Samuel 3.19 that God did not let any of his words fall to the ground, isn't it? Okay. But the same Samuel, when he went to the house of Jesse, God sent him to Jesse's house. 
and say, go, I've chosen one of his sons. What happened when Samuel saw Eliab? What did he say? He said, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. And he brought out the oil to pour to prove to you and I that no man is God. Elisha got a double portion of Elijah's anointing, isn't it? And when he said to the woman, according to the time, the woman said, don't play with me. Don't play with me, please. I'm not ready. But surely as he said it, in one year, the woman had a, you know, had a child. Then one day, the woman was coming to see him. And Elisha was scanning his email with God. There was no message from God. Then he made the statement. He said, surely something has happened. And the Lord has hidden it from me. Because no man is God. When you see a man try to make himself out to be on the same page with God. He ate breakfast with God this morning. In fact, he and God entered over. All those things are to confuse those who don't read their Bible. Because the average man wants idolatry. Idolatry is native to us. That's why God, the living God, will lead the nation of Israel out of Egypt. They saw how it happened. There was no image. There was no cow. There was no cattle. There was no molded molded calf. Nothing. Brought them out. And Moses waited a few days. And they said to Aaron, come, let us make God. Do you understand? Idolatry is follow come to human beings. So that's why if you find a situation, have you ever wondered, you see those videos, some of them are false, some of them are movies, some of them are things that people make so that you watch and, you know, say, ah, what is it? But you see some of those movies where people are stepping on other people, where people are drinking kerosene, and some of them are true. If you successfully portray yourself as God, people will follow you because people are looking for God to follow, a God they can touch. Are you with me? Okay. So that is where we are. We are in the place in Nigeria where we are humbled. The true Christian is humbled by where we are now. Because this isn't what we prayed. Eight years of what we've seen and, you know, still entering like another one chance. God forbid. Praise the Lord. This is not what we ordered. However, this is where we are. Now the question begins to be, why? What is God saying in where we are? Matthew 7, 7 begins to say to us, you can put it 7 to 11, please, I'll read it together. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Many Nigerians, I don't know any time that Nigerians prayed and fasted, you know, for a change and had faith for change for this nation like this season. So we asked, and he says, ask and it will be given to you. We sought, he says, seek and you will find. We knocked and he said, knock and it will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now, nine begins to say something there. I want you to read with me. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him, okay? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him, if you then, being evil, know how to give goods to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Praise the Lord. Now, go back to nine. It says, what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him what? A stone. How does that come into what he's saying? He has already said, if we being evil, know how to give good, good gifts to our children. How much more shall what? Our Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him. Now, he's saying something there. That when we ask what we ask, sometimes when he answers with what he will answer, it will look like he's giving us stone for bread. When we ask for the fish, Sometimes when he answers, for a season, it will seem to you that he's giving you a serpent. 
But then he concludes by saying, If you, if I, being evil, know how to give good gifts, how much more in us we try to do good, but there is evil in us, right? But him, there is no shadow of turning, no variableness. He is good altogether. Now, what he's saying is this. There is a possibility, okay, that I can give my children what is not good because I have evil in me and then I'm not omniscient. But he being God and being totally good, it's saying he's impossible for him to give you what is not good. Why is Jesus emphasizing that after saying to you, ask and you shall receive, seek and shall, he's emphasizing that because there'll be situations where you will ask and what you get will look like, this isn't what I asked for. I asked for fish. This is, uh, you know, serpent. As for bread, this is stone. That's what he's saying. Seasons will come. Situations will come where you will see it like that. Now, the child of God who has a relationship with the father will now probe deep and say, Daddy, what meanest thou? What is the meaning of this and where I am? That is what we want to see. Praise the Lord, somebody. I wish you together. Okay. So, Moses, we refer to Moses. He says to me what he said to me. He said, nobody, humility, still talking about the first benefit of where we are, is that the genuine, I'm, I'm not talking about the fake people, the genuine Christians in Nigeria are more humble now. We are humble. You know, our head is a bit, uh, we are level, more level-headed. He said, humility, nobody ever overdoses on it. You cannot overdose on humility. You can't go wrong with humility. Praise the Lord. It says you always benefit from any situation that humbles you if we meet it with the right spirit as well as have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. Okay? Now, he began to say, you know, to say to us and say to me. He says, Moses, as excellent as Moses was, was denied entrance into the promised land. Why was he denied entrance? Do you know why Moses was denied entrance? Numbers 20 verse 12. Let's look at it. Just what we're talking about here. It says, then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and said, Because you did not believe me, to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel. He says, Therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given to you. What did Moses do? I wish we had time. I want to run and cover a lot of you know, ground. So Moses was asked to go and speak to the rock so that water would come out for the children of Israel. When Moses got to the rock, he struck the rock. Not just that he struck the rock. He struck the rock and said, Must we bring water? What does that mean? Moses and God. The children of Israel are they. Two groups of people. Moses, Aaron, and God. The children of Israel are they. So must we bring? Moses doesn't need the water. He's bringing it out for them. And God said to him, because you did not hallow me. Now, do you know what the testimony of Moses was before now? I'll show you in the scripture so we read it. So it's not me. Moses, the Bible says, in Numbers 12, verse 3. It says, was more humble than all the men who were on the face of the earth. So if he, the one that the Bible testified, was very humble, more than all the men who were on the face of the earth, could miss it because of humility. Lord, humble me. (laughs) I receive grace for what? Humility. It's a very serious matter. So, you know, so when we speak now, you know, we know who is God and who is not God. So... Let's look at a few instances in scripture. Let's see where men got bread, or rather asked for bread, 
you know, and it was as though God gave them stone. They didn't get exactly. The thing didn't work the way they thought it was to work. The first one I'm going to tell you about is a man, a prophet we know very well, Elijah. Elijah in 1 Kings 19, 1 Kings 17, 18, you know, he had confronted King Ahab and challenged the prophets of Baal, you know, and had called fire from heaven and had had 800 plus prophets slain, you know, by the riverside for God. When he finished that, Elijah thought that now the storm is over. Everybody will be hearing his name. And he's saying, surely the Lord is God and Elijah is his prophet. But he finished that and his expectation was that the whole Israel, because the prayer prayer was, now let these people know that you have turned their hearts back to you. And he thought it would be a universal thing. But when he finished, Jezebel said, if I catch you, (laughs) if I catch you. And the Bible was so clear. He said, Elijah didn't hear what Jezebel said. He saw it. When you go home, read that passage. You know how somebody will say something, you're not hearing it, you're seeing it. He saw it and he fled. (laughs) So in that state, 19 now, verse 3. When he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. And went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, still running. And came and sat on the broom tree. And he prayed. Elijah is the man that they told us we should learn to pray from. Yes? So this is his prayer. And he prayed that he might die. And said, it is enough now. Lord, take my life. He's a man of faith. If I'm no better than my fathers. Okay? Praise the Lord. What happened? Did the Lord answer the prayer? Are we, are we here? We're doing Bible study. I'm not, I want you to be looking at it. What did he pray for? Let me hear. What did he ask? Ask and you shall what? What did he ask for? That Elijah might... Thank you, my dear. He said, take my life now. What did God answer him? Look at verse 5. Instead of God taking his life, he gave him food. He said, give him chop, make it chop. (laughs) Are you glad that God doesn't answer all our prayers the way we prayed it? Can I now tell you something about what happened here? Elijah is a man who, according to records of, of heaven, was never to die. Up to now, Elijah hasn't died. His prayer has not been answered for 2,000 plus years. Up till now, he has not seen death. But he prayed for it. So when they tell you everything you pray for God to answer, tell them yes, that he will process it according to his records. Thank you. For this is the confidence that we have in that. Whatever we ask according to his word, he hears us. When we finish asking, it has to be processed with his will. When Elijah prayed he wants to die, they looked at his record, said, this man is not supposed to die. They give him food, he will live. So they didn't answer him. Did that make him a false prophet? Did that make him that God wasn't pleased with him? No, it was a greater good. What I'm trying to say to us now is that when the righteous pray, and it doesn't look like what they pray for, God is giving a greater answer. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it's those who don't know him that are laughing. People who know God will know that when they were telling Pharaoh, let my people go. If he had sense, he would have let them go since morning. Hallelujah. Pharaoh, let my people go. He said, no, I, I won't let you go. You know, the first one happened. Second one happened. Third one happened. It got to a stage that they said, okay, they won't just go. They will go with the treasure, with the central bank of Egypt. 
And when they went with the central bank of Egypt, Pharaoh now said, ah, how did I let these people go? I will pursue and overtake. Then they went with his head. All his chariots, all his skilled horsemen, all drowned. So Israel left and degraded Egypt. From being a world power, they became an inconsequential nation. Why? Because a man misinterpreted God's mercy. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus, somebody. Okay, so that, that's Elijah. We'll look at another one. Joseph. Joseph is somebody that, I mean, he was excellent by every means. And in Genesis 40, when he was in jail, he had this uh, conversation with the, uh, with the butler. Verse 12, because of time. Joseph said to him, you know, after the butler had told him his dream. This is the interpretation of it. The tree branches are three days. Now within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your place. And you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand according to the former manner when you were his butler. But remember me when it is well with you. And please show kindness to me and make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. 15. For indeed, I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews and also I've done nothing here that they should put me into the dungeon. Now, Joseph said to the butler, get me out of here and take me home. Are you with me? Get me out of here. This is the true story of what happened. And the butler had the power and the clout and the influence to get Joseph out and send him back. But the Bible says the man forgot Joseph for two years. Are we glad God didn't answer Joseph's prayer? Because if he answered it in three months, he would have been back rearing cattle. If he answered it in one month, he would have been back struggling for inheritance with Simeon and Reuben and Judah and the rest of them. If he had answered it in one year, he would have been sent back to Canaan land. One year, ten months, until Pharaoh had his dream. And God said, that prayer of Joseph... Is now we answer it. Then Butler hit his head like this and remembered. Somebody say, Thank you, Jesus. Answer us in your time. Do it with your time. <laughs> there is something I wanted to say, but I'll keep it for a few people. Ask me after service, I'll tell you. I'm very serious. Answer us with your own schedule. There was no person that his prayer should not have been answered. Joseph's prayer. But God said, Joseph, you don't know what you're asking. I will give you something better. Praise the Lord. Abraham, in Genesis 17. Abraham was a friend of God. And in Genesis 17, verse 15, you know, I, I'm just abridging it because of time. When you go home, please, all these passages, read it for your insight. God had gotten into this conversation with Abraham. And Abraham was saying that there is none left, you know, except um, one that is born in my house. This is the one that is going to be my heir and all of that. And then God began to speak to Abraham in verse 15. He says, then God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarah, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall come from her. 17, let, let's read 17. Fell on his face and laughed. And said in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? You know Abraham is the father of faith. Now this is for someone here who the enemy is telling you that you're not fit to enter what God wants to do with you. Grace covers our weaknesses. Nobody is 100% perfect. Only God. That's why the righteousness we carry and we boast with is Christ's righteousness. 
our own righteousness, there are too many holes in it. So this is Abraham. And Abraham laughed. What was he laughing at? What God said. And he asked God a question. Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, be a child? Let's go to the next verse. And Abraham made this prayer to God from his heart. Conclusion. Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Some translations will tell you that Ishmael might be blessed. This thing you're talking about, we already have something. Let's manage it. That's like some people who never had faith that are telling you, you know, some people pray that prayer. Please don't pray. Let these people, let this government favor me. Don't pray that prayer. I mean, well, I, I don't pray it. I won't pray it. You know why I won't pray it? Because the same way I will not pray that the kidnappers of Leah Sharibu will favor her. What I pray is for restoration. Do you, have you prayed for Leah Sharibu that they What do you pray for her? Deliverance. Are you getting me? So this is what Abraham prayed there. Abraham said to God, let's make do. A bird in hand is better than two in the bush. Where we are, let's make the best of it. Ishmael. Oh, that Ishmael. Bless Ishmael. He's a boy also. Look at the lad. Verse 19. Then God said, no. Sarah, your wife, shall be a son. You see, God, we learned on Sunday. God speaking says, is there anything what? To her. It is lack of power that makes for compromise. When you understand omnipotence, you know that God never compromises. Everything, he, the Bible says he works everything according to the counsel of his will. If it's not his will, he doesn't work with it. Everything must come together and say, God, you are too much. Praise the Lord. So, he said to Abraham, no, I understand your approach. You want us to make the best out of a bad situation. He said, I don't do that. I am God. Sarah, your wife, shall what? Bear you a son. And you shall call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for what? An everlasting covenant. And with his descendants after him. That is where we are today. Can somebody say thank you Jesus? That God did not accept Ishmael. He didn't answer Abraham's prayer. When it appears as though God didn't answer the prayer of the righteous. He has something better. Praise the Lord somebody. Praise Jesus somebody. Okay, Peter, <laughs> Peter's own is interesting. Do you know that at the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew 17, 4, Peter's desire was that Jesus would not move again. Let's make a tabernacle for three of you. You remain here. Then we'll set up another religion. We'll come and be worshiping you. And the Bible told us that he didn't even know what he was saying. He was just overtaken. God ignored him. There are some prayers that we pray and some things that we desire. When God looks at our heart, he will know that is we're just excited okay so he did answer that praise the lord james and john james and john were traveling on the with they were on the entourage of jesus and they wanted to pass through one of the cities of samaria and the samaritan said no road here we won't let you pass we won't let you pass we won't let you pass uh -uh. luke 9 54 to 56 and james and john said to jesus stand aside let us teach them a lesson. Let's show them. Let them know who we are. Say, Master, let us call fire down and consume them. Just as Elijah did. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. That's why he must be God. Because there are some prayers I pray. That in my heart I'm justified, but I'm so wrong. Do you know that this same Samaria was one of the people that received, one of the cities that received the gospel holy. 
it was in this Samaria that Philip had that breakthrough in ministry. So God looked at them. James and John wanted them burnt to ashes. God wanted them full of the Holy Ghost. Which one do we prefer? We prefer God's answers. So when we finish praying, we say, Lord, only you are God. Hallelujah, somebody. So thank God he didn't answer their prayer. When God appears not to answer the prayer of the righteous, he's seen something. The three Hebrew boys, what was their own scenario? You know, please, when we read the Bible, let us not, you know, think that uh, these people were, were, you know, uh, prepped and put in a situation. No. They were living their lives. They were just like you and I, okay? And someone has said that who knows whether the scriptures are being written about you and I now. They know they're recording what is happening in the Father's church and all of that. Nobody knows. But you see, when the Bible tells us about these three Hebrew boys and how they refused to bow to the image, you think they were saying, we want to die, we want to die, we want to die. No, they didn't want to die. The only thing they knew was that we must not bow. That is not an option, Okay? That, that, that's what is standard. They, did, they, didn't, they will not bow. Okay? They didn't want to die. So when Nebuchadnezzar threatened to put them in the fairy furnace, their prayer must have gone some notches higher. Lord, we bind Nebuchadnezzar. Lord, we raise a standard. And right before their face, they were putting them in the fire. They were pushing them. I don't know whether they pushed them or they walked. They were pushing them. And it was as though their prayer was not heard. But when they got into the fire, they realized that, ah, he had heard our prayer. Like our brother, you know, extolling God this afternoon, said he turned the fairy furnace into an air-conditioned room. Is somebody getting in there? You see, say to yourself, I'm not God, but God is for me. Which one would you prefer? To play God and then God is not for you. No, I'm not God, but God is for me. So sometimes it might seem as if I'm entering fire in my obedience to him. But he has prepared something for me on that side. Let's rise on our feet. Kataboshe Dade. Is there any Nigerian here that is encouraged? Is there anybody here that is seeing how it works in the scriptures? We are not God, but God is for us. So let no man lose faith. No. In fact, you should lose faith in man, but place faith in God. Because many people had had faith in men. Say, this man said. Because this man said, don't, no, not because what any man said. It's on the principles of God and on the principles of the word of God. That God is true. God is faithful. Don't say this man said. Don't say that man said. No. Say, I know whom I believed. And I'm persuaded. That's where we are. So my faith cannot be moved because I know God. I sit down I say, he must be riding. The Bible says there is none like the God of Jeshurun. He said, he rides the heavens to help us. So even though while on earth, men might be scheming and doing everything, Jehovah is riding. And the songwriter says, behold, he comes. Riding on the clouds. Shining like this. See, today, I want you, when you go home, the Holy Spirit will make more instances to you. Through the comfort, learning of the scripture, you will have comfort. You will have patience. You will know that God is not there looking. Ah! Some people say, we have finished. We have settled it. We have taken over. The Bible says, he that sits in heaven, he shall laugh. And those who know their God, what would they be doing now? They'll be strong in faith. Some people are shifting. Let anybody shift. They never believed. If you believed, you won't shift. You will wait. Are you hearing me? Oh, no. Listen. Pastor Ronke is your name, right? Ronke, Ronke. 
If I continue to call you uh, Daisy, 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 will you ever answer me? If after some time you answer Daisy, then that means that Daisy was in your name somewhere. What it is, it is. What is not, is not. It doesn't matter what we see. Praise the Lord, somebody. Can we just bless the Lord that he will give us fish? He won't give us serpent. He will give us bread. Even though what we are seeing may look like a stone, bread is coming. Even though what we are seeing may look like a serpent, fish is coming. It doesn't matter. We serve a good God. And the nation Nigeria shall yet be known for righteousness. Everything written concerning the prophecies concerning Nigeria, the word of the Lord, he hears the prayers of the saints. And bless the Lord because says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, we are even further humbled now. And we're saying, oh Lord, arise and save us. Oh Lord, arise. Let your justice be known. Let your righteousness be known. Let your holiness be known. Let those who put their trust in you, O Lord, be encouraged in this nation. Let men know that there is a God in heaven. Let the weak, O Lord, Father, say I'm strong. Let the people know that man is not God. Let them know. I told you on Sunday about somebody who said he's a Christian. But because of what he has seen, he said now, I think I respect men more. But God is going to turn all those things around. People shall yet stand on the streets of Nigeria and say to one another, Have you heard what the Lord has? Because God will do something. He'll be glorified. And, and listen, we, we don't know, know exactly how he's going to do it. But it's going to be done so that when our children's children come, they will hear that in a season like this, it happened thus and it happened thus and it happened thus. And the conclusion of the story will be glory to God. If the story cannot finish and God doesn't gain glory. Are you hearing me? The story cannot finish. You see, the children of Israel, in all their, you know, bumbling and, you know, whatever they did, by the time they crossed the Red Sea, was singing. We will sing. Nigeria will sing. Nigeria will sing. There shall be shouts of joy. In the name of Jesus, the Christians in Nigeria shall yet be saved. These ones are the people of the Lord. And by the blessing of the righteous, by the faith of the righteous, Nigeria shall be delivered. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's give him a shout of praise. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.